Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kyra Secure's Disruptive Pediatrics. First off, as always, I want to thank Kyra Secure for having us, for having all these great pediatric speakers on for you guys. It really shows to me the good intent of Kyra Secure and where they're headed and their subluxation based concepts. Um, what we're going to talk about today is something sort of different, uh, something you didn't really think about before. And the title of it is called De Evolution. And a lot of people may say, de-evolution, what does that mean? We know about evolution, Darwin, but we're going to talk about something a little different called de-evolution. So let's go to the slides, please. And what we're going to talk about today is really to try to understand where we are in our planet right now. It, Charles Darwin, <clears throat> years ago, back in the 1800s, um, everybody talks about survival of the fittest, but it, that really is a misnomer. That isn't exactly what he said. What he actually said uh, in his uh, major work was, in the struggle for survival, the fittest went out at the expense of their rivals, listen, because they succeed in adapting themselves best to their environment. So survival of the fittest is sort of, it's kind of like chopping it down to like a little sentence where really does it, it means the most adaptable to change. It's really about can you adapt? It's not about the fittest or the strongest, right? It's really about the most adaptable. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, when we keep on talking about what's happening in, with humanity these days, you know, first, uh, thousands of years ago, there was an agricultural revolution. That's when we figured out how to start farming. And that's when cities started forming because now instead of being nomadic uh, and hunter-gatherers, now we can actually stay in one spot and then and reap the rewards of the agriculture. And then came the Industrial Revolution, you know, in the 1800s, starting in England, then the United States. Um, and that produced crazy amounts of stuff that we're dealing with today. And then came the Information Revolution, which started in the 1960s with the advent of computers. And now it's just been skyrocketing with the cell phones and the iPads and all those kind of things. But what I, now, but if you look at the, the, the trajectory of this, the trajectory is going up as if we're going up. Here's, and this is where we were here, and this is where we are in industrial, and this is where we are now in, in industrial uh, information revolution. So we're going up. I want to suggest to you something, and this isn't just my crazy brainchild. Uh, this has been suggested in other writers, and I'll show you as we go on. I don't know if we're really evolving now. I wonder if we're actually doing a bit of de-evolution. I wonder if instead of like we keep on thinking we're just like humanity is just improving, improving, improving with the information revolution. I think we may actually be de-evolving a little bit uh, in the last like 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and why would I think that? I think because of this, what, they're, what they call out there, uh, pervasive technology. So in other words, yes, there's definitely been some benefit to having cell phones and instant connection and text and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. There's certainly some benefits to it. But I have a really big concern, and this just came out last week. I don't know if you ever... Uh, read the book Sapiens uh, by Harari, uh, but he actually wrote a, a guest editor in the Economics uh, magazine last week, and he talked about AI and this whole jet, chat GPT thing, and he said he's really concerned about what's going on because as technology improves and this AI improves, maybe it's not going to produce the best result that we think it is. Maybe we should have started to sort of hone in and put laws and restrictions on this stuff first. And we haven't done that. So that's why so much stuff is so out there now in this pervasive technology, because we never really reeled it in, you know, to begin with. 
Because look at this, just as an example, like this is what family dinners look like now. Everybody's, you know, on their phone. This is what concerts look like. We just, Taylor Swift just came through Atlanta. Uh, and everybody, I'm, now I didn't go, uh, but everybody's showing me videos. Everybody's bringing in videos over the uh, last couple of days. And they're showing me videos. And in the videos, you see other people take, so instead of actually being there and enjoying the concert of Taylor Swift and her brilliance, people are spending a lot of their time looking at the cell phone and making sure they're videotaping it right. Right? Uh, how do we used to wait? I, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, in our, in our uh, we have an open adjusting area. And in our adjusting area, I used to have magazines. And I stopped subscribing to these magazines because nobody looks at them anymore. Everybody's on their phones, including the kids. Everybody's just sitting on their phones. And, and just looking at this picture, this is what it looks like in, in an airport. Thousands and thousands of people waiting and 99% of them are on their cell phones. This is what is called hanging out now. Right, hanging out used to be let's play outside, let's run outside, and now hanging out. Obviously, this is posed, but hanging out is now just like sitting on your phones or playing Minecraft or these other you know crazy games. Even breastfeeding, right? Uh, it, it, you're supposed to be with your child, right? But but we're so busy now. We're, we and we 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 need to respond to those texts and respond to those Facebook pings. We need to respond so quickly that we're stuck, 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 like stuck into these. And once again, I love my phone. My, my cell phone is my best friend, but it's also sort of an enemy because how many hours do we work on this stuff a day that we're sitting on cell phones and iPads, etc. Back in the 1980s, right? If you said, let's go outside, let's play. You said to your friend, let's play. Then you're on bikes, right? You were running around. You were playing all kinds of things with sticks and twigs and, you know, that kind of stuff. And now they say, let's play. What that really means is let's go on Minecraft. Let's play Pokemon Go. Um, and let's sit all on our cell phones, and that's playing. So now kids are, are, before we used to use our bodies and our brains, we used to produce dopamine and serotonin because of our use of our bodies and our brains. Now we're not using our, our bodies, we're just using our brains. The only thing that's moving is our eyes and maybe our fingers, you know? Um, now Tony Robbins, one of my favorite public uh, speakers uh, and motivational speakers, he said a really cool concept years and years and years ago, and he says it all the time now, Motion creates emotion. <clears throat> so I'm wondering if so much of the hostility that we're seeing these days, especially in the United States with the, all the crazy stuff that's happening in the United States, maybe it's because we're not moving that much. Maybe it's because we're spending so much of our time on these devices that we're forgetting that motion creates emotion. And then someone years ago, a brilliant dude, Albert Einstein, said nothing happens until something moves. And this is really important, especially like I take care of a lot of children on the spectrum and a lot of them are just being fed cell phones and iPads in order to interact with the world. And they just watch videos, watch videos, watch videos, watch videos, but they need to move. And we find that, that when we adjust them, right, that is a movement, right? And when we give them neurological exercises, that's a movement. These kids start coming alive and they start be become less reliant on their cell phones. So the concept that I'm saying is, what if our brains are not being fed? If, if that's what's really happening here. What if our brains are not being fed? What if all the cell phones and the iPads and Netflix and the Hulus and all that kind of stuff, what happens if that is now our dopamine, right? That, that scrolling on Facebook or scrolling on TikTok and seeing that little bit, of, that's our little dopamine rush instead of running around outside or working out, etc. What about the chemically processed food that we eat, the Monsanto-based food that we eat? all the time. What about the air that's out there now that is poisoned with, you know, God knows what kind of uh, chemicals and elements, etc. And we have, so we're actually lacking, right? We're actually lacking food, good food. We're, we're eating, 
right? We might be nourished, well-nourished, but we're malnourished in what we really need. We might be able to breathe air and drink water, but are we actually depleted because there's really not enough nutrients in those things? So does this create, in my brain, my thought, does this create a constant sense of starving? Are our bodies constantly in starvation mode? And do we use the cell phones and the iPads and the, the chips and dip and the, and the candy bars and the, all that kind of stuff? Are we using that to fill ourselves? But we're not getting completely, we're not getting properly filled. We're not getting properly fed. So my thought process and others, I'll show you shortly, is an increase in this pervasive technology plus a decrease in a human brain being fed, maybe making our humanity de-evolving. Are we turning off our ability to be human? Are we look, looking at these two examples of two different memes I found on the internet? Are we truly de-evolving? And this is an interesting thing. Uh, and this is uh, Harari I was talking about before, the Sapiens book. Um, this is a thought process uh, that comes from Juan Enriquez, who is an, another author, which I'll talk about in a moment. And he said, um, is there another species evolving alongside Homo sapiens? You know, for, for millennia, for millennia, way back that hundreds and thousands of years ago, there were six different species of Homo sapiens, or, or we should say, you know, human beings on the planet. There was Homo erectus and Homo heterobericus and Homo rhodonferus and a bunch of these other things I can't read because they're too small. Um, so there was a lot of different uh, you know, human Neanderthals. There was a lot of different, there were six different species going on, but then all of those disappeared and only Homo sapiens uh, remains. And the suggestion now from Juan Henriquez, from this book that he has and TED Talk called Homo Evolutus is, is there another sort of human being evolving at the same time that Homo sapiens is here? <clears throat> Judging from the fact that at one point in time, there were six different species of that species we called Homo sapiens. Now maybe there's another one. He's calling it Homo evolutus. In my play on words, I'm calling it Homo technicus. The pervasive technology is changing our epigenetic expression. We're now becoming, we have now less need for social interaction. We have less eye contact. We have more repetitive behaviors by sitting like this. This is a repetitive behavior, right? By looking, constantly having to pick up this. It's like an obsessive behavior kind of stuff. So my own word, Homo technicus. And going back to Juan Enriquez, will our kids be a different species? Are we seeing evolution in real time? Are we actually watching this, right? And when we wonder about, we see all these kids on the spectrum, we see kids with ADHD, we see kids learning disorders, and the giant amounts of this, maybe this is just part of evolution. Maybe things are changing because that's the way it's supposed to be. And what like Dr. Uh, Thomas Armstrong, who wrote this great, great book, one of my faves, The Power of Neurodiversity, I love that word, neurodiversity, um, he said, who's defining what mental illness is anyway? Dyslexia, as he said, is based upon the social value that everyone was able to read. But 150 years ago, this wasn't the case and dyslexia was unknown because nobody knew how to read. And what Dr. Armstrong suggested, autism may reflect the cultural value that suggests that it's better to be in a relationship than to be alone, right? That may, is that a cultural thing versus an actual, you know, like in other words, what we are, we are determining who is on the spectrum, who isn't, but is that really a mental illness? And this is what, what I think is so important because when we talk about people who are on the spectrum, they don't want to be fixed. I talk to a lot of these people as my patients uh, and they say, I, don't, I, I like who I am as, as I am. Some of them are using language devices. Some of them are able to talk to some minimal amounts, but they say, I like who I am. I, don't want, I am not broken. 
I, this is, I am neurodiverse. I am different, right? Autism doesn't define me. I just am a person who happens to speak through an autistic lens. So what is going on here? Is it possible that maybe we needed to de-evolve in order to re-evolve? Is it possible that what we're doing is we're actually creating this better, better society, better humanity, better homo sapiens? <clears throat> and all of this is part of it, right? Is it, it maybe instead of looking at all these things that we need to fix these broken pieces, we need to fix people with this, that, the other thing, whatever the DSM diagnosis is, maybe what we should do is just chiropractors can help humanity manage the course of de-evolution as we evolve into our next best thing, whatever that's going to be. And to me, that's so important because what I, when, when I look at it, my patients, I do not judge my patients. I don't judge where they at or how they speak or how they or don't speak or how they learn, etc. I love them for who they are, exactly as they are. And I think that would be a, a good lesson for humanity is to stop all this judgment, stop this polarization, us versus them. We're all humans. We're all on this big boat that we call Earth together, right? So if you like this kind of stuff that I'm talking about, I just did a 12-hour seminar for ICPA last weekend. Um, I do a couple of other um, advanced classes for them. There's a QR code you can check out if you're interested. Uh, Dr. Stephen Porsches and I, the Polyvagal Theory founder, um, he and I did a seminar last year that's recorded that you can listen to. So this is a QR code for that. And uh, one of my favorite things I love doing, I, today uh, I posted my 507th episode, uh, the longest running chiropractic podcast um, called Chirocast. If you're interested, check it out. Um, you know, there's the QR code for that. You know, overall, what I want to say is f for you guys listening is we have to protect our future. The way to protect our future is adjust more kids. Our kids need chiropractic care. The pregnant mamas need more chiropractic care. The more we can get chiropractic care out there, the better it is for them. Let's lose the slide here. Um, the, the more that we can explain to our patients that the brain is the key thing. It's that we had someone come in yesterday. I said, it's not about the pain, it's about the brain. We're trying to make sure, he, he was like, I don't say how you're gonna help my child on the spectrum. I said, it's about reconnecting. It's about taking, as a, let's say you have an electrical plug like this and it's not completely plugged in, so it's not getting full power. We wanna have your child have full power, full expression, full abilities, full, full on, you know, all in, fully engaged. So that is what we're all about, is about full engagement, no matter what's going on with that person. I don't care what their diagnosis is, what their DSM uh, is. We're gonna do all one thing, which is remove subluxations and make sure that brain and their body is working together. Thank you so much, Secure, for having me. We, I've been a Secure member ever since I graduated in 1989, and you guys are always helping the profession, and I truly appreciate that. And I'll see you guys next time.